0: Why are cats such great bakers? They make everything from scratch. What did the stuffing say to the turkey? I'm so into you. I decided to sell my vacuum cleaner. It was just gathering dust.
2: I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus I've got Ebola vibes dripping from my nose I've got the leprosy of the heart bones Exacerbating my incredible woes I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave An ultrasonic echographic And a pulsating shave I want a magic pill for All my ailments The health equivalent to Citizen Kane And if I don't get it now in the tablet I think I'm doomed Then I'll have to go insane I want a requiem for my disease so i Dr. Steve Dr. Steve
1: From the world famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only Uncensored Medical Show In the history of broadcast radio Now a podcast, I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medicine provider Gives me street cred the wacko alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And in the studio, Tacey, my partner in all things. Tacey. Hello, Tacey. Hello. And uh, back from sabbatical, PA Lydia. Hello. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question, you're embarrassed to talk to your regular med- medical provider. <laughs> oh, my God. If you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider or if you just can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347 347- my brain got ahead of my tongue Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine Or at Dr. Scott WM. Visit our website at DrSteve.com For podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy And uh, most importantly We're not your medical providers Take everything here with a grain of salt Don't act on anything you hear on this show Without talking it over with your healthcare provider Alright, very good Please don't forget to check out Stuff.DrSteve.com Stuff.DrSteve.com Our website's a little weird right now uh, because I've been working on it but uh, stuff.drsteve.com still works Uh, you can go straight, you didn't get that widget that you wanted for the holidays, well go buy it for your damn self, you're an adult and uh, you can do that at stuff.drsteve.com just click straight through really helps keep us on the air and uh, simplyherbals.net, that's simplyherbals.net that's Dr. Scott's website check it out for your CBD, uh, nasal spray needs, and all kinds of other stuff like that. And then Tacy and I are on Patreon. Patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. Finally, the Chad Zumach episode is out. It's there. Um, I, after all of this, talking about how I was going to edit it and chapterize it and try to make it make sense, because it was one person with ADHD talking to another person with ADHD, I just said screw it, and I just threw it on there as it was. And actually, I think it probably makes more sense.
3: Yeah, to do it, that it probably does.
1: And um, uh, so, and Dr. Scott was on that. Was that on that, one. Yeah, that was, good. was the only time he's been on Patreon. Yeah, yeah. Patreon.com slash weird medicine. Uh, we've had Pete Davidson. We've had the Troika of Opian Anthony. We're going to uh, – Joe List and uh, Kevin Brennan are coming on. We're going to have uh, some interesting people on it over the next few um, months. So check that out. And then uh, if you want me to say fluid to your mama or if you want Myrtle – to uh, you
3: don't want Myrtle. That no. uh, I put
1: that in P- <laughs> two and a half minutes. PA Lydia, were you here that I day? Was. Okay, yes, yeah, you were wonderful. because I have a oh, video was. of you laughing. Yes, she was here, but yeah, this person called and asked, or uh, you know, in cameo, said, Can you do that old lady character because my wife hates it? And uh, could you do it for a really long time? <laughs> and Myrtle can just talk forever, so if you want me to put the wig and the teeth on. That's the same price. It's $9. The same price,
3: everyone. That's
1: right. Low, low price. So cameo.com slash weird medicine. All right. Very good. Hey, Dr. Scott, uh, simplyherbals.net still going. Uh, Check him out at simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. What's going on there? Selling that nasal spray like crazy. Okay. Very good. Very good. And you have a super secret project that you can't talk about yet. Is that correct? It is super right? secret. And you know, I can't talk about it yet, but we're working on it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Wait, stay
4: tuned. Well, part of the problem is Denver's getting snowed in, and that's where part of the secret project is Ooh, coming Oh, in Denver.
3: <laughs> yes.
4: I'm going to give you three guesses. What else do they sell what? in Denver? Oh, my good.
3: God.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's top secret, Dr. Steve. All right. Very good.
1: That's awesome. Well, check out uh, Dr.steve.com and we'll try to, uh, and uh, simply herbals.net will try to keep you up to date on that. I uh, completely revamped the website and I did it by myself and now it looks like. Shit. <laughs> so I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Uh, give, me, give me a little bit of time where I can actually spend some time on it. And uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, all right.
3: Should we explain why we haven't been why we missed a week? Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Well, it was uh, New Year's. Oh. Yeah, we can talk about it. I mean, that's why we didn't have a show on. Uh, yeah, it was going to be a first ever
4: Christmas Eve show. Christmas Eve. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. I know. Yes. okay so, we were all excited and yeah, somebody decided to get you know the puke bug or something.
1: Yeah, so first, uh, Liam's girlfriend had it. And then we thought we were out of the woods, and then Liam got it. So the incubation time on this virus was about three or four days. Mm -hmm. That was what screwed it up. And then Tacey got it. And then uh, Christmas Eve, we were going to start. And and Beck and I said, if we don't get it by Christmas Eve, uh, we're we're in the clear. And uh, Christmas Eve, 4 in the morning, Beck started barfing. Oh. And what a good kid, too. Didn't, didn't even wake me up. I just, you know, I, I heard him up at like 7.30 in the morning because I was getting ready to, to uh, do some stuff, you know, cooking and all that kind of crap. I said, what are you doing up? He said, well, I've been throwing up since 4. I was like, damn, dude, why didn't you? I mean, in the past, if they threw up or, you know, if they had a bad dream, they would wake us up. And he just, you know, soldiered through on his own. Didn't want any medicine. Finally took some uh, fennergan uh, that made him sleep all day. And he, you know, anyway, so <laughs> and we didn't want anybody else because then the clock starts ticking for me again because I was out of the woods at that point from Tacy's episode. But, yep. uh, yeah, the uh, uh, yesterday or today was the last day. For, no, oh gosh, that's not Right. Uh, mm. Wednesday Uh-oh. or Thursday. Uh, oops. Well, I've been Surprise! sleeping, sleeping so on the couch for to have
2: it. <laughs> No, sleeping
1: on the couch for no No, my last day was Wednesday, so you know there's no none of that virus in the house now that we know of, unless we got it in the wild. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we we were gonna have a Christmas Eve show, and yeah. we had Christmas music that Scott and I were going to yeah. ruin. Yes, we're gonna butcher it. Damn it! <laughs> I know. Oh well, uh, okay. I
4: practice like for like. 15 minutes before I
1: came Did up. you? I, I, yeah, a whole yeah I minutes. practiced like I normally did. But, <laughs> so I was just waiting for you to bring the sheet music <laughs> and then learn it on the air. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. Well, anyway, so yes, that's, thank you, Tacey. I sort of forgot about <laughs> that. Yeah. Anywho, put it out of my mind um, uh, on purpose. How long did it last? you eight hours okay, max okay, yeah, max, good. max. Oh, that's and good. then you feel crappy. I oh, like you. Yeah. That's
3: not feel. long enough to lose weight or anything. Like. Yeah. No, no, I lost um, about a pound, yeah. but then the next day you're like,
1: Yeah, I wiped can eat. Out,
4: kind
3: Yeah, it's totally wiped yeah. out.
1: Yeah, but then after that you're like, I can eat anything I want to, and then
4: you, you know, <laughs> I've got a pound
1: yeah. to spare. Make up for it. All right. Well, do you guys have any topics, Lydia? Did you bring anything today? No.
5: I mean, I've always w- just so. There is something called Instagram. Yes. Right? And they have these I've things heard of called this thing. reels. <laughs> okay. Which I've newly discovered. I
1: don't know what those are. They <laughs> are these little
5: short videos. Oh, it's their version of TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. yeah. And you can see all of these gross and disgusting procedures. Oh. And for some reason, oh. they think that I like it, which I kind of do. Yeah. So it was something I've never encountered in medicine. And maybe you have, Dr. Steve. The concept of ingrown hairs we know about. Yes. Right? Right. But the concept of these ingrowing hairs that grow for years on oh, yeah. the skin. Well and they get up to like ten to twenty inches long. Oh wow. And then people pull them out. Huh. You know? No I've not infection. ever heard
1: of such a thing except in a pilonidal cyst.
5: Yeah. These are just places on it it that sounds that sounds I looked it up I mean there's an up-to-date section okay, you looked it up to date section on pseudofolliculitis but you know that's usually we, we think of it as being a problem when it's associated with infection right um, anyway my question is this. I've never seen it in someone
1: I have never either except in a pilonidal cyst so let's yeah. talk about those for a second because yeah. when I was in medical school I remember uh, being scrubbing into surgery and they would pimp you constantly just ask you question 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 and uh, half the time he didn't know what the hell. And this time I was I was totally prepared because I realized they were taking all the questions out of the front of the book where they talked about the history of the surgeries that we were doing. So I knew I was scrubbing in yeah. to a cholecystectomy, and I knew that son of a bitch was going to say. Little,
5: the, little blue, uh-huh, yes. the little blue book? Yeah, and, yes. I,
1: and I knew they were yeah. going to say. Um, uh, you know, when was this surgery first performed? And I could, then I could say it, you know, because I, and I was ready for him. And, and when I answered it correctly, he was like, oh, okay, here we go. So he kept asking more and more questions. And then he got to one I didn't know the answer to. I said, well, I don't know that, but I know this other thing. And so I answered, he said, good technique, Always answer the question that you know the answer to. <laughs> so, uh, rather than the one that I asked you, <laughs> so um, I, I'm going to answer the question that I know the answer to, which is about pylonidal cysts, because I don't know about these damn ingrown things. Mm. Uh, you know, they're 20 inches long, but. Pilo being hair, nidus being nest, so it's a nest of hairs. And it's basically ingrown hairs uh, in, above your ass crack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those things can get really long. And when uh, it comes from sitting, uh, it, it's slouching, basically, when you're, it's, if you're sitting reclining and you're sitting on your sacrum instead of on your ischial tuberosities. Mm-hmm. So if you feel that, if you guys are sitting, and people who are listening right now, sit up straight put your hand under your ass and you will feel a bone right um about equal to where your anus is but over to the side on either side, there's a bone there, and that's what you're sitting on. Do you feel that? Those are the ischial tuberosities. That's what you're supposed to sit your on. Sit bones. But if you feel the uh, above your ass crack to that flat place, you know, you can slouch backward and you can sit on that. That's your coccyx <laughs> and your sacrum. <laughs> and um, uh, the, if you sit on that, then what you can do is you can compress. The um, hair follicles, and push the and you end up pushing them under the skin, and the hair will continue to grow, but it grows under the skin. Yes.
3: Way more oft, often, in men than women, because I don't have ass crack hairs like that.
1: Yeah, I think so. That's a great question, taste Let's
4: see. And a lot um, more in in um, athletes wearing jock straps, football players, catchers. Really? Yeah.
3: No, I can right. see the Sense. sweating,
4: the sweating and the, the, the uh, those jock straps kind of rubbing and uh, kind of forcing those hairs back in. Interesting. Yeah. Pu- Tacy.
1: guess what?
2: Give yourself a bill. Damn it. Oh
1: Pilonidal disease occurs predominantly in males at a, at a ratio of three or four to one. Dang it. Predominantly in Ophé typically in the late teens to early 20s, decreases after age 25 and rarely occurs after age 45. So I can slouch all I want to. There you go. Hell with you all. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, very interesting. And those things will fill up with, um, hairs that are really long. And the problem with the pylonidal cyst is you can, if, you know, if it gets infected, you can stick a needle in it. And it will always come back. So they just have to be surgically repaired.
5: Yeah, it can get quite deep. Yep. We don't go digging around in them in no. the office.
1: No, no. I mean, surgery, you can stick so. your, yeah, you can stick your finger right in there. It's disgusting. Anyway. All right. Very interesting.
5: Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. PA, Lydia. I actually saw a patient this week and, uh, they have other problems like cancer that we're dealing with. But he said, yeah, my cyst is starting to leak. And I'm like, "No, oh. buddy, we got bigger fish.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I see that all the time, too. Or, yeah, people with stage four cancer that are, you know.
5: Having to sit a lot. And
1: or just worried about things oh, that are yeah. tangential to what's going on. Because that's easier to focus on, I think. Probably. It's too, it's overwhelming. So um, talk
3: a little bit about yeah. those ingrown hairs. Like when they pull them out, what happens?
5: Oh, man. So it's like they, uh, what is it called when you de-head? You take the plane off of something. Yeah. I can't remember. Anyway, you take yeah. the initial layer of skin off and just open it up because it looks like a deep blackhead. And they start pulling it out. And it's just this hair that just comes out. Mm-hmm. Something so... even more
1: disgusting is look up bot fly um, infestation where the uh, botflies will deposit their larvae under the skin. And you see people, you um, you know, now I can't think of the word either, where you decap it. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, you take off the top layer, and then you take tweezers, and you just start pulling these giant maggots out of oh, them. Oh, for yeah. God's
3: sake. so God satisfying. satisfying. Yeah. Where does that happen? Not Here?
1: Not around here. Oh, where are, where are bot flies? I don't know where botflies are. They're not here, though. Where are, oh, we'll ask Echo. Echo, where are bot flies found?
0: According to an Alexa Answers contributor, bot flies are found in Mexico, Central, and South America. In the U.S., cases usually occur in travelers who have visited endemic areas. Flies live near water. Thus, coastal and forested okay, or jungle okay. Echo, areas are Thank on you,
1: thank you very much. <laughs> oh,
4: good Lord. My pleasure. <laughs> Just doing my
5: job. Echo. there oh, no, you, you go.
4: Thank up. you. She's such a good sidekick. So anyway. I'm
5: sorry, I was trying to show Tacy a video, and the, the sound the keeps flies? going on. What's Just turn I, I thought the sound. I a... thought
4: I thought you were playing some kind of old spaghetti western. Yeah.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: All right. You guys ready to do some uh, questions?
4: Yes. Okay,
5: all right.
1: Let's do it.
4: Um, Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio.
1: All right. Well, uh, we have a quiz from uh, Stacy. Oh. And this is a good one. Uh, I I think this is a good one. We'll go around the room. We'll see. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, and this is Price is Right rules. Yeah, no Googling. What percentage... Of the 206 bones that's in the human body, what percentage are in your feet? So what percentage of the bones of the human body are in the feet? And we'll give you that there are 206 bones in the human body. Mm -hmm. All right, Dr. Scott? 10%. Tacey? 12%. Damn
5: it. (laughs) 1% One percent, Bill. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the ten percent sounds good. I'm going to go with with uh, Tacey. What did you say? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah, I'm I'm doing. I'm sorry. We're having to split hairs here. It's prices right. We're going right with eleven point five. Oh,
4: that's a terrible answer. Yeah, She's she, she gonna get negative bail. It's
5: not a terrible answer. <laughs> that
4: a, yeah, that's a
1: negative answer.
4: Strategically, yeah. there's only one answer, Doctor Steve. There's only one answer.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thirteen. It, it, Right. That's the <laughs> if, if you if you don't know the answer, that would have he's right yeah. strategically from 13. game playing. Because yes. remember, if Price is Right rule. It does. I'm not explaining Price <laughs> Price right, rules on the show. Okay, um, but the answer is going to astound you. There is are, it more? Yeah, that's 25 percent of oh. the bones in the feet. Yes. So here's the deal. There's 26 bones in every foot, and there's okay. two feet. Uh, so if we ask Echo, Echo, huh. what percentage is 52 of 206?
5: 52
0: is 25.24% of is that crazy? Oh,
5: Fantastic. Tacey, you win. Damn. I
0: win. You gave her hey, a bail. That's man.
4: two for her. No, we're two behind. Oh,
5: no, <laughs> Yay, Tacey. That's just what I get. for trying to do math in my head. <laughs> <laughs> All the metatarsals, oh, that's the worst. That's and the worst. tarsals, <laughs> yeah, phalanges.
4: Yeah, I know. You no. could not have. You could not have pigeonholed that answer anymore. I know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it had to
4: exactly be 11.5. <laughs> that's for the her only wins <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! All right, it's okay.
1: We yeah, can play right. poker with Pa, Lydia. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we
4: could. Yeah. So did you bring cash, Lydia? We <laughs>
5: might have a, or got a later. debit card.
4: <laughs> we got, that, that works. She <laughs> may be uh, marking
1: herself as a mark, though. She so that.
4: I believe she's sandbagging.
1: All right. Um, here's another one. And this is just Can a... you breathe and swallow at the same time?
6: I think. Oh, <laughs>
3: Lord.
1: So that's a yes or a no question. So we won't really do that as a quiz. Anybody have any discussion on that?
3: What about when you choke?
1: Well,. Yeah. So is that breathing and swallowing I, I guess at the, the same time? I guess the question is can you functionally breathe and swallow at the same time?
5: Think, yeah. And what is breathing? Right? No. Is it, Ooh,
1: what,
5: what is breathing? How do you
1: define the word is? Mm. Yeah.
5: <laughs> you know, is it the exchange of oxygen? And... Yeah. So
1: breathing is breathing. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Well, your epiglottis should close. Correct. So you shouldn't be able to take anything into your esophagus at the but same that's time. That's the whole you take point a breath, of that. But, that's right. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, breathing ceases during swallowing, and the pause in breathing is uh, due to inhibition inhibition of respiration at the neural control centers of the brainstem. Not just due to closure of the airway. So there's a there's a I mean it's an evolutionary um, advantage to. You know, our ancestors, the ones that didn't breathe when they swallowed and the ones that did and were choking all the time and had aspiration pneumonia and stuff and didn't live long enough to uh, transfer their genetics to the next generation.
5: Those neural control centers must be close to how we have patients swallow in order to hopefully get them back into sinus rhythm sometimes. Yes. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's some of that. Okay, you bring up a cool thing. Uh, This thing called the diving reflex. So when whales and other sea-going mammals uh, dive deep, they can. Well, how is it that they can take a deep breath and stay down there forever? Their lungs proportionally aren't that much bigger than ours, but they can stay down there for hours. And part of it is is that when they dive, their metabolic um, uh, systems start to slow down, and they and their heart beats slower their vagus nerve gets stimulated which slows down you know their um, the blood flow from the heart to the rest of the body and uh, they're allowed to stay down longer we have that too all mammals have it even land going mammals have it this is the craziest thing mm-hmm. and, and when i was a, a med- or no i was an intern <clears throat> back before we had drugs like amiodarone and stuff um, we would have to shock people if they went into crazy rhythms a lot of times. And one time I had this guy. He was totally stable. I said, you want to try something? And uh, he said, sure. And I said, let's do a diving reflex. And I, said, I can't I even imagine doing this today. But um, we um, got a bucket of ice water. And, you know, something like one of those plastic basins that they wash people with. And we filled Mm -hmm. it up with water and ice. And then we took the guy's head and we just smashed it in there It said, hold your breath, and put his face in the ice water as long as he could stand it. And when he came back up, he was like, that was very unpleasant. And then, boom, his heart went back into normal rhythm. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the old diving reflex. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, so all of those things are—it's amazing. So, why do we have that? Mm-hmm. Um, it made our common ancestor able to live in the water. But did they give us the gene, or did we give, or you know, did, did we just have it? And somehow mammals just had that, and so they were ad- you know—they could adapt to living in the water. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's that's some—that's cra- crazy. Yeah, you just yeah. I guess yeah. it's like well, well, stimulating the vagus nerve. To,
4: with, we had the comment. When did we
5: diverge room, yeah. from reptiles? Right, we went through from reptiles. What well, was to before? Birds. Yeah, it was birds. before
1: the um, before the big disaster. But we were shrews back then. Yeah. I mean, ma- mammals were during when the dinosaurs died. The biggest mammal was about the size of a shrew. And so. <laughs> <laughs> but there were mammal-like reptilian ancestors that they found. so yeah. you know you never find that one that's half and half it. It's not how evolution works. but anyway, and I don't know. it was a long bad. time ago. yeah longest. Time
5: if you believe in evolution. Well, just
1: kidding. Yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. If you do, yeah, if
6: yeah. you do, yeah. if you don't,
1: you b- believe whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. It's all faith. It'll judge
5: you. I put I put dinosaurs no, I at the nativity scene <laughs> this Christmas. Oh, did you? We, uh, uh, my daughter woke up to Christmas and we had a little nativity scene, and there were the wise men and the dinosaurs. Oh yeah. I said, well, I'm just see, because her. Noah
1: didn't have room on the ark for the dinosaurs.
5: Yeah, it was. clearly.
1: And then the other thing is, is that you know uh, what I've heard the creation scientists say, is that the smarter the reason that you see more advanced animals higher up in the strata, you know, if you go in and you find a a, a place where there's lots of layers over the eons, and you dig down, you'll see simpler and simpler animals the farther down you go, and what they'll say is during the flood the more advanced animals went to higher ground and that's why you see that, okay, is that you'll see uh, more advanced animals higher up in the strata and then, but the, the, the question that raises is, is that it must, you see clams everywhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from millions of years ago to now, so if their answer is right, then it implies that some clams were smarter than others and they got to higher ground during the flood, I don't know. Or just luckier, they got washed up to higher. Oh, that might be. That's it, Doctor Scott. Anyway, yeah. all right, here we go.
6: Oh, hey guys, thanks for the call. Um, this is the Rowan County Redneck, and I just I wanted to know uh, how, how do all the nerves in your rectal vault determine whether it's a uh, wait. Let me get this alphabetical: uh, a fart, a shit, or a shark? Um, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, so how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> that could be the question of the day. That, when, that's... Ex- when you expel something, you know, when you're getting ready to expel something from your rectum, how do you know it's a fart, a shit, or a shark? <laughs>
3: A chart is obviously a mistake.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm going to argue. That let's take that out take of there that one out because of you present. don't know yeah. that it was a chart because the whole until reason it's it's a chart was you you messed up. Yeah, until yeah. it's too late. So obviously the system isn't <laughs> perfect. But here, Tacey, you have uh, some wine and an, an, an experience. And Scott, do you have? Um... <laughs> well, no, I didn't because. mean that. Oh. You, everybody has a drink. Okay, so everybody take a drink real quick. Okay, we're going to take a drink. All right. Now hold that in your mouth. Now is there, is it a, a fart, a shit, or a shart? I mean, is there water in your mouth, a fluid in your mouth, or is it air? Mm-hmm. It's fluid, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so let's think about how it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's air in your mouth, if you blow up your mouth with with air, you know that's sure. air. Yeah. And, you know, when there's liquid in there. So there are sensors that one of the things that liquid does, let's talk about it, is it exchanges heat mm-hmm. more efficiently than air does. Right. So if you have hot water hot water in your mouth, you can feel that as trans, you know, that there's something that is touching all the areas of the buccal mucosa and it's transmitting... Uh, heat uh, either into the buccal mucosa or drawing it away from the buccal mucosa if the water is colder than your if if you get water that is exactly the temperature of your uh, body and you sit there long enough it'll extinguish that feeling you might Mm -hmm. not be able to tell Mm -hmm. so i mean how do i know that i'm holding a phone in my hand sometimes when i'm sleeping i think i still have my watch on my hand so it isn't a perfect system but Mm -hmm. it's pretty Pretty good, and from a evolutionary standpoint, it's uh, very good because mm-hmm. uh, you don't want to be dropping loads around right. in your. Um, you know, if you couldn't tell, you'd just be dumping loads where you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. That would be a mistake, but it's okay to pass a. You know, pass gas, yeah. right? Because uh, for sanitation reasons, but also you don't want saber toothed tigers able to uh, track you to where you where you sleep. Right. Right so, so. Uh, But the rectum has same sorts of nerves. They're just not as perfect. Now, um, you can't taste stuff, thank God, that's in your rectum. Um, That would be horrendous if you're constantly tasting shit, you know, in your (laughs) rectum. But um, there is a person, and his name is Richard Christie. He worked for Howard Stern. He swore that if you poured different beers into his ass, he could tell the difference and hmm. he could sort of taste them. Now those have alcohol in them and the alcohol may absorb. actually right be absorbed and then mm-hmm. draw in some aromatics with it. Mm-hmm. So I think he might be right on that would be an interesting test to do. I'm not going to volunteer oh, but
3: yeah. or, or nor should we yeah. advocate for alcohol in the it. Ass no, no no
1: no 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 I would only do it stuff. for the science not not I don't add, you know we've yeah. talked about it on this show multiple times. Oh yeah. Don't don't do that. Drink alcohol by shoving it up your ass,
5: <laughs> or on a tampon as a woman. That was popular when I was in college.
1: Well, we um, what?
5: We, yeah, but did we debunk no, we, that? I'm She's never heard She's
1: yeah. No, you you know oh. that you were
5: he, you.
3: Well,
1: well, maybe you weren't here. We did a vodka tampon challenge on the show. If you go back, that uh, poor
3: girl in the God archives, because
1: we said, No, you can't get drunk that yeah. way. The vagina is not designed to absorb things. Okay, if yeah. you took that tampon and shoved it up your ass, maybe, but even then, we also measured how much you could absorb into a tampon, it was less than an ounce. Oh. What
5: about something like cocaine?
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe possible. Maybe, but yeah, let's let's not give people well, ideas. Sorry, but <laughs> but um, yeah, we took a, a tampon saturated in vodka. She shoved it up her vagina, and then we did a breathalyzer test every twenty minutes during the show, and there was nothing. It nothing. never raised. And then she had an itchy vag for like
5: forever. God bet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, stupid. And then we showed frat guys, fraternity brothers, sorry, Tacey, um, putting uh, thimblefuls of alcohol under their eyelids. Hmm. It's like, why are you doing that? First Just off,
5: drink it. you
1: can't, right. You yeah. can't get but a, a thimbleful. The, yeah.
5: Yeah.
1: It's going to irritate your um, well, conjunctiva. Oh, and can
5: take a third of a drop. Right. 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 And One then the rest of, of, of it runs out.
1: Runs out. It's idiotic. Just drink it. Yeah. If you're going to drink it, if you're going to drink. And, uh, and, and then we talked about the guy that um, died giving himself champagne enemas. He did yep. two bottles of champagne <laughs> and then was watching um, auto and doing autoerotic asphyxiation. And he died from alcohol poisoning, not from the uh, uh, autoerotic as- asphyx- asphyxiation. You know, it wasn't that wasn't the problem. He was breathing or he had been breathing till he died, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, hmm. so don't do that. Uh, another guy did a concrete enema. That was stupid. Yeah. Don't do Not that. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Concrete, by the way, is an exothermic reaction, yeah. meaning it gives off it heat. Warm, really hot. Warm. And that guy cooked himself from the inside. Died. Yeah. Yeah, you know I know all this stuff no. was from uh, this uh, journal called the National Association of Medical Examiners. I was a medical oh, examiner nice. when I lived in Vermont mm. and I joined and it was ju- it was their journal and it was page after page after page of the most fucked up deaths you've ever wow. seen. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, <laughs> they love it those guys.
5: Oh so anyway, my God. all right. Yeah, the pathology department is yeah,
1: they're, um, they're different. They're yeah. different. <laughs> we love them, but they're yes, different. Yes, we do. All right. Now this person. Oh, Tacey, you need to listen to this one.
3: Okay.
6: Hey, Dr. Steve. This is Haas. I just wanted to hey, let Haas. you guys know that I work for an oxygen company. Okay. And we had to send in all our ventilators to Philips for a
4: recall. And uh, Philips thinks that it's caused by um, ozone cleaners.
3: Oh. But
4: it also affects uh, BiPAPs and CPAPs. And
1: I uh, just
6: thought you guys would want to know.
1: So thanks. Bye. <laughs>
3: Oh, and I've still been using my Yeah. Oh, no. I quit
1: using mine. I am not saying you shouldn't use them. I don't know what the data is where if you go on those forums and what we're talking about is like the, you know, ozone cleaner for CPAP sure, machines. Sure. Okay. And uh, they, they don't actually clean anything. They'll sterilize it. Okay. And you would think that would be a good thing. But if you go on the forums, they're all just anti-this and that. But I can't find any data that shows it's harmful at all. Although um, I've been using uh, ultraviolet cleaner for my retainer, you know, for my, um, whatchamacallit, what, uh, Invisaligns. Mm-hmm. And uh, the damn retainer cracked. And I think the ultraviolet has made the the plastic brittle. Well. They told me use the bright... You know uh, retainer cleaner, mm. and it's just a pain. You have to put the little tablet in. It's like Polident or not poly What's, yeah. the, what's the poly Polident, the one that cleans your dentures. So. We well, you know
5: what you're talking about. I yeah. just felt
1: like an old man. Polident, even <laughs> yeah. more than I already do. <laughs> so I got this Oz or ultraviolet thing, thinking, "Whoa, you know this is I'm I'm young is and it hip. short
3: wave or long wave. Nah, what does I don't say? Know. Well, there question. goes yeah. another seven thousand yeah, dollars. I know. <laughs>
1: All right. So anyway, check uh, just check your manufacturers uh, recommendations, and uh, recommendations, yeah. Yeah. and check with your uh, provider whether right. your ozone cleaner is okay. For I mean,
3: you. I wish we had the answer to that question. I know. Well, I mean,
1: it'll, there's people doing research on it. I
3: know that for myself and for everybody else.
1: Yep. All right. Well, let's look that up. See if there's anything more definitive out there for next week. All right. This is a weird hey, one. Hey, Doctor Steve. My name is Elliot. I was just recently
6: offered a job in a New York City hospital, and um, long story short, back in November of 2020, I was a participant in the AstraZeneca trials, Okay, and I took both shots. Subsequently, now offered a job in hospitals over here in New York, and they're not recognizing the AstraZeneca as a vaccine shot, Hmm. and they want me to take two more shots. Is that something that is safe
1: to do? Thank you. Wow.
3: That's a tough one.
1: Hmm. Um, I'm looking here that says, now this is from nycgo.com. For travelers to New York City, vaccines listed for emergency use by the World Health Organization, such as AstraZeneca vaccine, as well as FDA or WHO approved mixed doses qualify. Hmm. So, um, isn't that interesting? Yeah. I wonder what that's about. I, I could not find anything on this. Hmm. Um, the WHO recommends all countries accept all COVID-19 vaccines, including the two made in China, AstraZeneca, uh, one of the ones in the UK, and then Pfizer. So, um, hmm. yeah, it's,
5: Was hmm. AstraZeneca an mRNA vaccine
1: no, no, as well? Uh, or? AstraZeneca was a weird vaccine. It used a viral um, uh, sort of Trojan horse. Okay. And uh, so it was, it was different. But uh, you know, it, it was shown to be not as effective, but it was still effective. So I don't know. I we'll, we'll have to do some more research on that. Will you put a, leave me a note, Doctor Scott, sure. and we'll see what we can find out for him. In the meantime, I would question it and send us the policy. Mm -hmm. Let me and um, we'll look and uh, see. Number one is can they do that? Well, employers can either mandate or not mandate vaccines, however, whatever they however they want. Apparently, I was looking at particularly in New York. um, I was looking for some OSHA regulations on this as well. And so I'm just going to say I don't know what the hell I'm talking about right now. So. Oh wait, here we go. Medical workers ask Supreme Court to block New York vaccine mandate. Lacking. Oh, okay, I don't know. So, look, um, we will do more research on this one and get back to you. Okay. So next week we'll have a special episode on AstraZeneca. All right.
6: Hey, What's up, guys? Hey, man. Yeah. Hey. All right. What's up, buddy? How you out
4: there?
1: Hey. Good. How are
6: you? Uh, all right. Good job. So what had happened was Santa, yeah, Santa loved a woman that wasn't clean.
1: Apparently. What?
6: So, um. so we were, uh,
1: What? Santa
6: loved little- about and kind of hurt my day a little bit. You know how it is. But I don't. No. Afterwards, okay. it continued to hurt. Okay. Like for a day or two. Okay. Nothing, you know, too out of the ordinary, just a little soreness, a little tenderness. Now, I <clears> have <throat> a bit of a discharge
3: oh, no.
4: from Run, the road. Uh,
6: meatus. Mm, the meatus. And, uh, yeah, I'm with the doctor tomorrow. Okay. But, well, no buts. I just want to let you know
5: I'm having
6: sex. Yes!
1: Yeah! Woo! Oh uh, no! Well, congratulations, bro! So he's having sex. Dirty sex. It
5: sounded like he said he Santa left a woman that wasn't clean. That's yes. What okay. Yes.
1: I think over Christmas he uh, had intercourse. It sounded and, uh, then I thought he might congrats. have had
5: penile trauma.
1: But no. yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, that's what I thought was too. A lot. Yeah, but uh, if you fracture your penis, which is a possibility. Mm-hmm uh you that the pain doesn't go away in a couple of days and uh that ends up being a medical or you know a urologic emergency Emergency. but uh yeah then he had yellowish discharge so that's more likely to be you know trick or um uh, gonorrhea at that point so so get that taken care of that one's treatable easy to treat most of the time there are some resistant strains to gonorrhea now but we have treatments for this so yeah. and
3: congratulations.
1: and congratulations on having intercourse. That's great. What's that lo- what's that like?
3: Uh, I wouldn't know.
6: <laughs> All right. uh, shut up hey, that's answer. <laughs> okay. uh-huh. to answer your question about flavors being lost during COVID a couple of shows ago. Yeah. Uh, I in fact did experience that in May of twenty two and I lost everything except
1: well, except what?
6: Now it came back, maybe about uh, six months after. So
1: that's long ago. Okay, so he had loss of something.
5: Everything but sweet.
1: Oh, sweet, everything. That's yeah. what sweet. I thought he okay, said okay, too. Okay, okay, Yeah, and that was back in May. So we were talking about just you know we're not seeing this now. Back in the when this thing first started up, that's how people knew they had COVID. Was they lost their sense of uh, smell. Yeah, or not everybody but a lot of people did and now people just have colds or they don't have anything and they test positive for covid don't even know it
5: i did go to dinner with someone uh two days ago and she recently recovered from covid mm. it was right after thanksgiving she lost her taste and her smell Huh. strange right mm. Healthcare worker had had covid before wow. uh so
1: wow well, the most of the cases we're seeing now are serendipitous. They come in for an elective procedure, and then they test them before they do it, and they're testing positive. They had no idea.
5: Yeah. Thank, so. thank goodness. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Agreed. All right. So, and, and that's the thing. And then everybody freaks out. And I'm going to say this again. I've said it before on this show. There's five other endemic coronaviruses. We don't test for those. Now, the sixth one. Was novel and it caused no end of chaos, but now it's becoming endemic. It's just you know, out there, obviously, because mm-hmm. like I said, we're just finding it serendipitously now. Mm-hmm. Uh, still rough for the, some people, no question about that. But you know, the other five coronaviruses aren't innocent either. They cause death and mayhem too. It's just that back in the in the day before 2000, and, I mean 2020, we didn't test for them. We just said atypical pneumonia, viral mm-hmm. pneumonia, and people died from atypical or a.k.a. viral pneumonia, and we never knew what it was. Now we can test for this one, and but, you know, those other five, if we tested everybody that had a cold, there, you know, about 40 to 60 percent of them will have coronavirus of some sort. Right. And, uh, but we test for this one, and now it's special. And, um, you know, people have to not go to work for seven days and they have to isolate and they have to do all this stuff. So uh, at some point, we're either going to have to test for all these viruses or we're just going to have to stop testing for it Mm -hmm. because at some point it becomes pointless. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I know we haven't quite gotten to that point yet, but uh, this is another person that had a COVID
2: issue. Hey, Dr. Steve, just listening to your recent episode talking about if recent COVID strains yeah. um, cause, you know, a loss of taste. And I'm just getting over, I don't know if the, I didn't test myself. I don't know if it was COVID or the flu or whatever, but you know, I kind of had the flu slash COVID symptoms, cough, fever, body aches, et cetera. And then at the end, everything started tasting very bitter and, um, or just kind of, I just had a low level bitter taste in my mouth. So things like alcohol and and coffee would taste really, really bad. And it's been a three days, maybe and it's starting to get better, but still not quite there, but I didn't quite lose a full sense of, of taste, but my taste buds were definitely changed.
1: Yeah. So there's lots of things can cause bitter taste in your mouth though. You know, um, Divorce. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give, I gotta give
4: the you... Process. Give
2: yourself a
1: bill! <laughs> one! Yes,
4: the process. Just at the end of just in the class. <laughs> <laughs> just Man, at the
1: you are one pathetic loser. Oh. <laughs> well, yes. I don't think that's so. Okay. No, I was directed at me, too. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what
3: I sort of started to say. It's not just you, Scott. No, no, no.
1: no. Lord have mercy. No, um... Yeah, so so divorce, oral health issues, Mm -hmm. (laughs) GI issues can also do it, acid reflux, but supplements and medications. So some things that you take that you might take during COVID, like vitamin D, what? What are you what do you hot in here here again, hot (laughs) in (laughs) here again? Uh, vitamin D, iron, calcium, but people will take vitamin D while they're while they're uh, when they have COVID nineteen. That can cause a bitter taste or metallic taste in your mouth. And stress and anxiety can cause uh, alterations of the taste in your mouth as well. Anxiety can cause dry mouth. Do you know the medical term for that? Anyone? Pa Lydia. I
5: can't remember. Zero
1: stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, But, uh, yeah, but in this case, it was temporarily related to the patient's uh, COVID-19, so we're going to just assume it was that. But that's interesting. So we are, Scott, getting a few people that are calling in saying, yeah, we're still seeing these symptoms out there. You and I haven't seen it. I, they're still having I
5: it. wonder. So, in chemotherapy, yes. right, when you get taste alterations related to chemotherapy, there's some data for sublingual B12. Mm-hmm. There's a trick where you do a super, super sour candy, yeah, and it temporarily restores your taste. And all of you know, we think that the COVID taste disturbance may be related to neurological yes. impact, right? So, I wonder if it might be helpful. Well, that's
1: interesting. So I don't know. Worth a try. Yeah. I, uh, I when I had Delta. Uh, variant. I used FloNase the whole time because it just seemed like it made sense, and I never had any changes in my. I, I lost one sixteenth of my lung to scar tissue, but I didn't lose my Sheesh. sense of taste, and I just I attributed it that to that. Or i you know I may not have lost it at all, but there is a little bit of data that says if you start using fl- uh, FloNase or other nasal steroids at the beginning of the syndrome, that you may be able to prevent this. So mm-hmm. that's something. But that didn't
5: get hurt. Something anything, that's not so. hurtful, yeah. Yep. All
6: right. Namaste. my star. What's up, fellas? Of life. It's the same. Well, mine is a peachy Keen. So, I went to the doctor yesterday. Well, hey, doctor. or saw a nurse lady or something. I got some doxycycline caps. Okay. 100 milligrams, 14 of them. For my drippy dick. Yeah, apparently. Oh, this
1: is the sequel.
6: So oh, good. I had a woman That Wasn't Clean. And this bitch. But anyway, while they were checking me out, nobody even looked at my dick. Mm.
1: Oh, that's not cool.
5: Yeah, that's not good.
1: No, if you're going to treat STDs, you got to look at it. You got to look at the genitalia. You need to stick the swab up there. That's always fun is uh, this little tiny swab, and they stick it up your urethra. And then um, not only does it need to sit there, but they have to twist it. and It's the twisting that gives you the abject agony. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't – I can't speak from experience on this one, but I have done this procedure on other mm-hmm. people, and they, this is what they tell me. And then you culture it, and then that way you know if you're treating what you think you're treating. and right. to so hand people doxycycline. Well, anyway, hopefully it gets better. So Not
6: special, because – But they checked my blood pressure and it was like 180 over 80. I
1: want to say Yeah, that's high, but it was probably because you were getting yeah STD treatment. So
5: expected.
1: Yeah, you (laughs) might have expected the swab up the dick because you listened to the show, and as we talked about that multiple times. That that's the correct way to do it. So uh, just get your blood pressure checked again. Yeah. And uh, if it's back down, you can forget about it. If it remains elevated, get that treated because hypertension is the silent killer. Yes. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's do this one.
2: Hey, Dr. Steve, Dr. Scott, Dr. Casey. How are you guys doing? Hey. Good. How are you? <laughs> doing well. Lift up a. Lydia. Um, I had a question about cancers that are caused by exposure to toxins like mesothelioma with asbestos. Or yep. These rare cancers from people who were... Um, involved in ground zero cleanup. Does the cancer or like the cell mutations start at that moment of exposure and it just takes years, um, you know, before it gets big enough to where it's detectable or causing symptoms? Or does it, you know, start some chain of events where it's in some latent phase and it's a ticking time bomb that starts causing cancer years down the road. I'm just wondering like these cancers from one time exposure or like in a short period of time, um, how it causes cancer years later. Yeah, that's a good one.
1: So uh, let's talk about asbestos. So asbestos is this mineral that you can pull apart into little fibers. And so they used it for insulation for years. When you inhale that, which I've, I used to go gem mining in an asbestos mine. so, it, And by the way, if you've been exposed to asbestos, just don't smoke. That's the big thing. If you smoke and have asbestos, then that's a real problem. But the body can't break these things down, and they get stuck in these tissues, and they start causing inflammation and irritation. And uh, over years, they'll cause inf- inflammation that'll change the DNA of some of the cells around them. And let's just say it's um, one in a million, and you affect a hundred thousand every uh, every year. Well, then in ten years, one of those cells you would expect would uh, convert to a in cell normal. that could uh, reproduce itself. It's unlikely if you damage DNA that it's going to be anything functional, mm-hmm. right? It'll just kill the cell. But every once in a while you'll damage the DNA in such a way that it'll start growing like crazy and it's successful. Mm. And when that happens, then that's basically cancer because it's growing, it's not supposed to be growing that way. It's supposed to be regulated and it's not listening to the signals trying to regulate it. So anyway. Um, and yeah, so then that's that's what happened. So it could happen the first time, but it'd be very unlikely. It'd be like hitting the lot, it's like hitting the lottery. So I've heard the lottery. Uh, uh, described as if you take uh, um, pennies and you stretch them from New York to L.A. and you take one of those pennies and paint it blue on the other side and then you drive from New York to L.A. and you stop somewhere along the way and you pick up one of those pennies and it's the blue penny that's the same sort of odds of winning the lottery so um, that that's the same sort of thing here is that it's very unlikely but then once it does happen, you know, once you win, someone wins the lottery, once you once it happens, then the the uh, cancer is inevitable at that point. Mm-hmm. All right. Okie dokie. Uh, I want to I do want to talk about this one. I
3: hope. Hey, Dr. Time. Steve, um, I'm the one that called you a couple weeks ago about the antibody level with the um, covid vaccines and having the rough time with the third booster. Yeah. So my covid antibodies were a COV2 an IgG2 antibody screen, and it was 20, greater than 25,000 units AU slash ML. Um, it stated that anything over 50 units was considered to be high. Yeah. The reason I'm concerned is because I do have an autoimmune, I'm a teacher, I work as a paid EMT. And I am exposed on a regular basis. And also, when I contracted H1N1 and H1N2, I had a pretty serious reaction where I ended up nearly on a ventilator. With the- Yeah.
1: I think that um, there's – what happened to the volume? Sorry. I think that there's uh, an argument you could make that says I've already ha- – you know, I have these huge antibody levels. I'm – don't it pose a danger to anybody and you could probably get out of doing those other vaccines and just have your rheumatologist write a letter mm-hmm. or your primary care. I think that's fine. I, I don't see any problem with that. Natural immunity is kind of interesting. There there was a study, and I talked about this on Twitter, and we have a little bit of time left, uh, and this is a journal article from the American Journal of Public Health called SARS-CoV-2 Infection, Hospitalization and Death in Vaccinated and then in in unvaccinated but infected individuals. So they were looking at the difference between uh, vaccinated people and people with natural immunity. And what they found was that there was a 37% uh, decrease in all-cause mortality in people who were vaccinated compared to the people with with um, unvaccinated, who were unvaccinated but had natural immunity, if they got it again. Now, 37% sounds huge. Um, You know how many, so there were 34,000 kids in here, and you know how many of them died over this period of time, and it was 12 months, four And how of the previously infected, the natural immunity but unvaccinated kids? Six out of 34,000. So that's just for the kids. The adults showed higher numbers, but this is all cause mortality. This doesn't say that they died from the virus, okay? Mm -hmm. It's all cause mortality. So the absolute risk, even in the adults where the numbers were more like, you know, 60,000 and, you know, K people and 250 deaths compared to 400 and something, whatever, the absolute risk was still very, very small. So what uh, the the interesting thing in this is both sides, sadly, there are sides to this, can say, uh, oh, uh, we're right. Uh, if you're a pro mandate, you can say 37 percent decrease. OK, or. Uh, if you are anti-mandate, you can say the absolute risk is 0.0002. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Both of those people are correct. Yeah. That's the problem. And that's why it's so hard for us to reach any kind of consensus because we're all cherry picking the, the statistic that sure. says the thing that we want it to say. And they're both right. Neither one of those is wrong, you know. Which is basically the same way of saying the same thing. It's, yes, they're right, and neither one of them's wrong, so I'm a dang genius anyway. uh, All right, Dr. Scott, you had something from the waiting room before we get out of here? Yeah,
4: we do. We have a question from Lovett. She's wondering if a a white blood cell count of
1: 11.5 is high. Okay. Mm -hmm. So would that be chronically high, or is it just... Intermittently, I mean, just a one-off.
4: Assuming it's one-off because she didn't say it was chronically high. Okay, so
1: let's talk about both. Uh, Pa
4: Lydia, this is your realm.
5: Lots to unpack there. Yes. So yeah, if if whether chronically or not, yes, technically it is. So anything over ten or 10.0, or in our world, 10,000 is high. So 11.5 would be 11.5,000. Mm-hmm. So it's technically elevated. So the next thing to what look at... Is
1: that, 11.5,000 per high-powered field, or is that cells per deciliter? or what is the cells per deciliter. Okay.
5: Take, it, take a peek. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm, I'll, um, I'll look at
5: it. And so that would be your total white blood cell count. So then, you know, the next thing we look at is, is that chronic or is it acute? And Or microliter what type of cells are elevated. So are are they your neutrophils? If your neutrophils are more predominant, you would think about more like bacterial infection, more lymphocyte predominant when you look at the differential or the breakdown on your lab sheet. Okay. You might think more about viruses, maybe chronic inflammation. Mm-hmm eosinophils being elevated you might think more about allergies. What
1: are all these different cells? Yeah. So you said neutrophils, lymphocytes and Yeah, type, just types
5: of types of white blood cells, right? That make up your immune cells and they are, are targeted and powered to impact different things whether it be yeah, bacteria, viruses. And they look yeah. different
1: under, under the microscope. That's why yeah. they were they called them that because they the uh eosinophils took on more eosin, which is a red pigment. And, uh, you know, they wash these things with red and blue pigments, and they, then you look at them under the microscope, some of them will not hang on to the blue but keep only the, the red. Mm-hmm. And uh, the neutrophils, I guess, did a little bit of both because they are kind of purpley looking.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
5: And then
1: the lymphocytes have bigger, uh, bigger nuclei compared to the cytoplasm compared to, say, a, a neutrophil. Yeah,
5: so when you're thinking about it, you know, if it's a chronic thing, which we get referrals quite often, a chronic... Well, you
1: guys get referrals for people who have, you know, slight anemia. and stuff. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, probably the second most common to anemia would be the elevated white blood cell count. So the first thing we do is we look at what type of white blood cells are elevated. And then, you know, you can do something called a flow cytometry if it's something that's very... (laughs) chronic meaning it's it's lasting for a long time just to make sure none of them are cancerous however um, one of the the most common reasons is something that induces chronic inflammation in the body so something like cigarette smoking smoking mm. or chronic stress oh,
1: yeah.
6: or
5: chronic illness really um, so those are the the most common causes of a a chronic uh, mild elevation in your white blood cell count
1: okay so now what do you do so it you're at your primary care physician's office they say, well you've got a white cell count that's high I'm going to send you to uh, the hematologist what should you be worried about it? What's the deal?
5: No the vast majority of the patients we would uh, we would take a peek uh, we would make sure that there's no sign of malignancy or concern for malignancy and and then uh, kind of the chronic inflammation, Uh, stress or exposure to tobacco smoke would be a diagnosis of exclusion. And you just monitor it every few months, make sure nothing changes. Yeah.
1: Um, What about these people that have monoclonal gammopathy of uncertain significance? Mm
5: -hmm. So that would be something that we... What is that? So...
1: I mean, I know it. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. So uh, (laughs) one type of your white blood cells uh, or closer to a stem cell uh, it's called a plasma cell mm-hmm. and a, a plasma cell exists in your marrow it starts to mature it should be exposed to an antigen or something like a virus and then go back and just its job should be to make antibodies to a certain virus right or to a certain antigen
1: and they remember it
5: and they remember it, and those antibodies are proteins, and they come, uh, those those antibodies are immune globulins, have light chains and heavy chains. And so sometimes a plasma cell line can get mutated, or a plasma cell can get mutated, make more of itself, and make an abnormal protein. Yeah. And so when you look uh, at someone's protein under mass spectroscopy, where mm. you actually go and you kind of sort out all of the proteins in the person's blood or in the person's plasma yeah if you see a spike of a certain protein that is a nonsense but that is a clone yeah. so they're all the same but they're not really encoding for anything that is monoclonal gammopathy and as long as that patient doesn't have other signs of malignancy like trouble with bone lesions kidney disease low blood counts it's undetermined significance. Mm-hmm. So it's like something that has the potential to turn into malignancy. It's not malignancy. And we monitor it.
1: What are the odds that that'll turn into a malignancy?
5: Uh, it's, it's one out of 10 per year. So you've got like a 10% risk per year. Okay. So if you have... And I, I'm... Uh, I'm going to stop myself, but the longer you have MGUS, <laughs> the more, the more you. likely you are to develop into a cancer.
1: But at every year, it's still 10%, so if you have a 10-sided die, you could roll, no, you know, if you had a, a die that had 10 sides and there was one blue side and nine red sides, you could roll red sides for the rest of your life. It's not impossible.
5: Correct, yeah, but the risk does go up the longer you, yeah you know, are okay. living with it very interesting monitor. all right
4: well thank you
1: you mm-hmm. got anything else out there scott they're probably sorry they asked
4: now. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 that's uh no lovett said thank you um she said her neutrophils were 78 84
5: yeah so, so that's, that's a little bit higher of a percentage so maybe she's overcoming some recent bacterial infection it could also be a stress
1: well, yeah. One thing is, when you see an abnormal lab test and it's just out of the blue, the first thing you do is repeat it, yes. because there's this thing called regression to the mean, where uh, you will often, if you have a, you know, aberrant lab test, then you do it again. It's normal. If you do 20 lab tests and they have a 5% margin of error, that means it's very likely one of them will be abnormal, mm-hmm. just yes. because for, just because of lab error. And it's not that they made a mistake. There is a margin for error in all of our tests. None of them are so precise that there's no error. As a matter of fact, you could not make a test that had that's not physically possible in this universe to make one that is. That there will always be some error, no matter how precise you make your measurement.
5: So, yeah, I get tested again. So if she had a white count of 11. Point two, and it was 80% neutrophils. That's an ANC of 9.2, which yep. is significantly.
1: Absolute neutrophil count. Yeah. Jargon alert.
5: Yeah, sorry, guys. So, okay. um, I, I mean, that's something to make sure you don't have any signs or symptoms of bacterial infection, a sneaky urinary tract infection that could be going on. Yep. And have it rechecked.
1: Well, you women are always getting your cystitis, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> with, your, with your monthlies.
5: Pee after sex. Yeah, right. There you go. Very good. Yes.
1: <laughs> you're not kidding. You that, That's a serious answer. It is. All right. Very good. Well, listen, uh, thanks always go to Dr. Scott. Thanks, Tacy. Thanks, PA Lydia. Thanks to everyone. Thank who Made you. this show happen over the years. Uh, listen to our Sirius XM show on the Faction Talk channel, Sirius XM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Happy New Year.
3: Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year.